many thanks for the support of our old pals at Squarespace, because they want to help you do something. Specifically, construct a website. Seize 2020 with the power of having an internet website of your own. You can do it, and Squarespace can help. Head to squarespace.com cracked for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, use the offer code cracked to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Hey there, folks. Welcome to another episode of the Cracks Podcast, the podcast all about why being alive is more interesting than people think it is. My name is Alex Schmidt, and I'm the head of podcasting here at Cracks. I'm also known as Schmitty the Clam. I'm also known as Schmitty the Champ. And I am also, also thinking about Cellucotton. And uh, here's a quick story for you folks right up top based on that Cellucotton thing I just said. World War I happened slightly more than 100 years ago. It was a very bad war. And in it, cotton was in short supply. Um, the Allies needed cotton for bandages for their soldiers. There wasn't enough of it. But they found two amazing solutions by turning everyday things into exactly what they needed. One of those things is peat moss, also known as sphagnum moss. It is a plant that grows in cold weather bogs and marshes. Shout out to bogs. Really fun word. Anyway, according to the Wall Street Journal, the British in World War I, they realized that peat moss is a highly absorbent plant with antimicrobial properties. So they shipped that moss from British Canada to the Western Front for use as bandages. And it worked. It was a good temporary bandage, this weird Canadian moss. So that's amazing. And then here's the second thing they figured out. In 1917, the United States, number one country, uh, joins World War I. They decide to show up. And the Kimberly Clark Company out in Wisconsin, they start sending cellucotton to the front. And cellucotton was a new invention. It was an absorbent wadding that's made of wood pulp. Uh, so they take what used to be trees and they turn it into sort of a wadded fake version of cotton. It was cheap to mass produce, extremely absorbent, and a good substitute bandage. But the story doesn't stop there because female Red Cross nurses in the war figured out a novel use for this cellucotton that uh, was designed as a bandage. And so they, uh, they took this artificial textile made of wood pulp and started using it also to absorb menstruation. Uh, prior to that, ladies had used hand-sewn cotton rags for their periods, and on advice from the World War I Western Front, uh, the Kimberly Clark Company in the U.S. started producing cellucotton sanitary pads under the brand name Kotex. And uh, later they used that same material to make tampons. Both these stories of the moss and the cellucotton, they're tales of people realizing that everyday things have amazing properties if you figure out what those are and if you use them for that. Peat moss could be a bandage, wood pulp could absorb a period, and uh, depending on your manufacturer, it might still be doing that. All it took to make that kind of thing happen is figuring it out, and that leads us into this episode's topic. We're talking about everyday objects with incredible secret powers. One more time, that is everyday objects with incredible secret powers. Because one way being alive is more interesting than people think it is, is that an everyday item like a roll of scotch tape or a jar of mayonnaise can do so much more than you thought. Most of the stories in this episode are things where uh, an everyday substance or item or object gets used for a whole nother purpose. There's also a couple stories of things that are man-made objects that are just much better designed or more excitingly designed than you ever knew. So this one's kind of a two-for-one episode. How about that? And another great thing about this episode is its guests. I have two wonderful uh, comedians and podcasters to get into all these stories with today. One of them is Jamie Loftus, a fantastic comedian who is fresh off a hit run of her one-person show entitled Boss Who Is Girl. You also probably know her as one of the co-hosts of the fantastic podcast, The Bechdel Cast, and we will have links in the footnotes for you to see live dates of The Bechdel Cast and Boss Who Is Girl and so much more from Jamie Loftus. She's great. And my other guest today is a new guest. Atsuko Okatsuka is a fantastic stand-up comic. She's also the host of the podcast Let's Go Atsuko, which self-describes as a woke Japanese game show. And when you listen to it, you will understand why. It's really funny and really great. And lots of that show explores uh, what is and is not considered normal in our world that we live in. And I, I consistently love her take on that kind of stuff. And so she brings a lot of that into this today where we look at how, you know, an ordinary jar of mayonnaise or a very, very simple bra can do so much more. It's really exciting. 
So let's let you hear us get into that. Please sit back or sit with a tape measure because a seemingly ordinary tape measure is full of insanely good design choices. And I think that's pretty neat. Here's this episode of the Cracked Podcast with Jamie Loftus and Atsuko Okatsuka. I'll be back after we wrap up. Talk to you then. Jamie Atsuko, thank you so much for doing this. And I, I am excited to, that we have so many like objects that are neat. You know, like yeah. there's so many things you come across in the world. You're like, ah, another boring thing. Not these. No, they're disguised <laughs> as boring things a lot of the time, too, which is kind of nice. You're like, oh, wow, the inner beauty of tape. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You just got to look far in and spend time, you yeah. know, to get to know. It's, it's the same with people. And, uh, and we mentioned tape. Why don't we do the story about tape, tape. first? Because it turns out that ordinary scotch tape works a lot like an x-ray machine if right. you do it right, which I think is neat. The basic thing with x-rays, and I, I had to like Google and double check because I realized I didn't really know how x-rays work, but it's something where there's a lot of electron movement and that creates an x-ray beam and then your body parts absorb or block that beam different ways depending on how dense they are. And so mm-hmm. then it leaves a picture on the far side of you on paper. Or another photographic medium. So that's just x-rays, basically. Right. It's very neat. Wow. And then it turns out that in the 1950s, the Soviets tried peeling tape off of glass in a vacuum. I don't know if it was on purpose or not. Classic. Mm -hmm. uh, Classic (laughs) bit. And then when they peeled it, they found it emits a bunch of electrons. And then they just said, oh, okay, that's interesting. And then in 2007, a team at UCLA tried doing that, and it gener- they found it generated bursts of millions of X-ray photons, enough to X-ray a finger. And wow. so if Whoa. folks want to look at the food notes, there's a picture of a finger being X-rayed by using tape. It's amazing. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Wow. Is this only like, is, is it a specific brand of tape, or is it just all tape can do this? It's mainly, it's like scotch tape made by uh, 3M. And, oh, so you uh, got you to gotta go brand name yeah. if you want to get an X-ray. For free. And apparently they're secretive about how they make that tape. And so it's also like Uh, a trade secret thing. Like we don't know how to just do a generic, you know, mm because tape's so expensive. This sounds like the beginning of like a World War III where like the wrong person (laughs) gets this tape in their hand and boom, you know, like hostages are taken, their x-rays are taken. They have all the info about. I could see myself convinced, like knowing now that scotch tape could give you an x-ray under the right conditions. Yeah. I think I would try to like, I would have one too many drinks at a party and then grab a roll of tape and be like, who wants x-rays? And then really make a fool of myself and then just (laughs) proceed to tape my friends. Because like how, you know, depending on how, yeah, right. Where it's a sticky situation. It's going to work. (laughs) (laughs) But you said you need a vacuum. We're in my kitchen. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Get over here. Get the auric. You'll be fine. And then just just end up mutilating a friend. (laughs) Mutilating? It's a little mutilation. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. (laughs) That's amazing. I had no idea that scotch tape had other purposes. And I usually buy off brand mm. because I'm my mom. So now I'll have to go go brand name. Yeah, yeah, everyone with generic tape will have no idea how their fingers are doing. Oh, they're not gonna know if things are oh. broken or fractured. <laughs> <laughs> oh be out here God. with proper diagnoses. Yeah. <laughs> X ray technology feels so I don't, I don't know if it's advanced because we've had it for a while, but it's very elaborate. Like you have to have mm-hmm. a professional person do it and you have to have that lead apron we were talking about and everything. Mm-hmm. And then also just a roll of tape. You can kind of try to put one together, I guess. Right. That's very fun to me. I don't know. Yeah. And yeah. it feels less risky, too, because I get so nervous like wearing the the lead apron <laughs> and then someone who like won't stand closer than 10 <laughs> feet to you. You're like, this is not safe. Yeah. What is happening? Like there, yeah. if you have to be in a separate room behind glass <laughs> <laughs> screaming at me and I'm wearing a protective vest. So I'm like, this is not, yeah, this is going to come back to home. Hello, my mouth is exposed. Obviously, that's what you're taking a photo of. But right. is my, you know what I mean? The ray is going through my my jaw and mouth. That's fine. Yeah. Right. I, I go to a dentist I found on Groupon and that, I think she's mm-hmm. not even doing it right. 
Like there. <laughs> is, it, is it like just a bib? Does she just put like a napkin <laughs> over you? She dresses me up like a baby. <laughs> brushes my teeth. I don't know. It costs what? forty dollars. What is she doing? <laughs> I don't know. But there's like I don't remember the exact right way to get. Like I don't know. I don't get a lot of X-rays. But then I don't know. The last time I was there, I was like something is off. Mm-hmm. But we'll just see how long I live. You know. Yeah, leave it to the professionals or yeah. use tape on your finger. Oh, fingers right. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. And then we've got more objects, more stories here. Uh, one of them, Asko, you picked this one out, and it's coming from Five Everyday Objects That Are Secretly Saving the World by Kelly Stone. Oh, yes. Uh, and it's a story of bras being useful for something uh, nobody would have thought. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So bras yeah. are being used to save injured turtles. Uh, apparently, you know, injured turtles, turtles, their shells can crack. From just other everyday objects. That's painful. That's Mm -hmm. ouchy. Uh, Apparently, the snap on your bra is used to sort of mend the cracks together Mm -hmm. with also glue. And then after it's sort of started healing and mending back together, they, I guess, sort of start gently scrape the glue off and then they take the bra snap back off. So, So not your entire bra, but just the bra snap. Is helping yeah. turtles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And which is such a, even just to think of one specific part of a bra as being a tool. That's really neat. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Bras need to be referred to as, as tools more often. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm putting on my gear. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. Bra is an object too. Not just to, the thing it holds. <laughs> I want like a transformer bra where you're like, dur, dur, you know, like it's, it's engineered. Right. I oh, like it. Where you don't have to wear it the whole time, but it's around if you want it and it but can it, come back together. Right. In yeah. case that, you know, depending on what, what your needs are. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So the snap thing, I don't actually wear bras. Full disclosure. Same. Oh, yeah. No. So I was trying to figure out. I was like, I guess snap. I'm the only one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well. <laughs> but I know what it looks like. I've touched one. I've tried. I've worn them before. I so, buy, yeah. Sometimes I buy them to be like, maybe. Yeah, then, maybe. No, 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 I just don't. And I guess now you can donate it to these uh, organizations that are oh, collecting just a snap for the turtles. Yeah. Apparently, people yeah. were so touched that they do this that they had an influx of bras and they so much they didn't know what to do with. Mm. That they were like, please stop sending bras. We have enough. Oh my God. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> that never happens with a demand for donations. Yeah. No, That's so true. nice. That's yeah. very heartwarming. And if you and if you listening want to see the uh, the turtles healing, and if you want to see them improving, we will have a link in the footnotes where you can see the hooks attached to their shell and then zip ties wiring that together. So the shell can like, uh, it's sort of like setting a bone, it seems like. Not mm. exactly. But it's the kind of thing where you pull it together and then it heals itself and then, and then they take it off. It's oh, amazing. zip tie. I said glue. I take it back. <laughs> well, and there's glue to hold the, the hooks on it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. You it. All right. We've got another story here with glue and the sea and stuff because it turns out that they can use super glue to rebuild reefs. Oh. Um, which is amazing. Mm. And they're in particular doing it at, it's called Maya Beach in Thailand, and it's the beach from the movie The Beach. Uh, like the 2000 oh, yeah. movie with Leonardo DiCaprio, where oh, he's uh, wow. like a, a person freaking out on a beach. I vaguely yeah. recall this. Yeah. Yeah. That's think, the main setting. It just stays there at the beach. Yeah. It's about like a, a community of people who are being sort of utopian on a beach and then it all goes wrong kind mm. of thing. He did right. it not too long after Titanic. It's a movie. Got Is it. he trying? He's just like, <laughs> people love seeing me near the sea. Yeah. It's tested really well. <laughs> yeah. Let's yeah. just see where we can take this. Yeah. When I look to the horizon, you got you got that shot, you know, the yeah. eyes, the oh. sort of squinting. It's got eyes like the sea. Yeah. Oh, no, the sun's going down. I have to look hot. And then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's something about a sunset that makes people look broody. But yeah. It's nice. kind of broody. Yeah. yeah. So that same beach. That same beach. Yeah. Wild. Because mainly people saw that exact Leo thing where he's looking sexy on the beach. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, I must go to that beach myself. Yeah, uh, and so way it. too many tourists kept coming there and oh. really wearing out the beach from the beach. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, currently the government has it closed. They might reopen it in June of 2021. But I in think the, people have forgotten about the beach now. I think it's I think it's safe. 
to yeah. open it back yeah. up. Are, yeah. I was like, are people, <laughs> are people still, still, still watching the beach? <laughs> <laughs> Although I guess I guess we are repopularizing it by talking about it. Maybe we'll That's destroy true. these tapes. <gasps> maybe oh, it's no. our fault. Oh. Yeah, maybe it's, it'll yeah. be our fault that the beach will be destroyed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You brought we brought it up, and they're like, oh my god, yeah, he did look so hot in that movie. If How is the beach doing? If you're listening right now, and you're like, <laughs> <laughs> you're like I gotta watch the beach. <laughs> Let us know. And I gotta say, Leo, as a guy who's into like environmental change and stuff, look yeah. what you've caused. Okay, with your sexy brooding, looking off into the distance. Maybe if he was less hot, that wouldn't have happened. Yeah, and That's then everyone lesson. stormed the beach, which you care about. Yeah. So. Yeah. Be Just careful what you act in. <laughs> That's what I always tell myself. You know. Hundred percent. I've never seen the beach. I've got to go watch it now. Yeah. It's pretty wild. It's got like a scene where he thinks he's in a video game. And so it's it's like all video game style. And he's doing this strange running with really crazy arms. And there's like a high score going up. Oh. It's a pretty weird movie. Yeah. Oh, OK. That sounds kind of uh, fun. Yeah. And also to make the movie, Fox Studios ended up like bulldozing a lot of vegetation and planting palm trees that aren't from the island. And, and so a lot of things they did also washed out a lot of the reef uh, under the beach. Jesus. Oh uh, but. There's then the good news because there are divers doing a bunch of work where they like dive and get broken coral and then they bring it into a nursery to regrow the coral. And it turns out super glue is really useful because coral needs to be attached to rock in order to grow. Mm -hmm. And so they can super glue coral to the rock. And then once it's been growing for about a week, it can hold it on its own and it doesn't need the glue anymore. And super glue dissolves in salt water. I had no idea. I wouldn't have guessed that that would be kind of like an eco-friendly tool. Right. Yeah. That's really nice. Yeah. Now, can we also know the brand of this super glue? Or is it any <laughs> is super glue? Oh, yeah. I it? think you can go generic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Because yeah, yeah. Okay. there was well, a specific tape news. earlier, but. That's right. true. <laughs> okay. okay. Any kind of super Just wanted glue. to, yeah, no, for. For those of you that are going to go to the beach and fix the beach. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Any super glue will do. What if everything we talked about was one company's products? Like, <laughs> I just like, I just yeah. secretly am, am shilling for this company. Was brought to you by Scotch. <laughs> <laughs> the rest are just Swiffers or something. Right. Like, yeah. Oh, amazing, right? Yeah. <laughs> so good. But yeah, it turns out super glue, like you said, Jamie, it's like weirdly ecological in this way. Because I think of it as just some chemical, some company. Yeah. Made. Right. But uh, but it helps here. It's very useful. That's amazing. Thank you. Good for the glue. Thank you, people who figured this out. Glue scientists. Glue scientists. Yeah. Glue scientists. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's that must be a thing. Tweet what? us if you're a glue scientist. All my yeah. glue heads. Yeah, if you make glue, if you've eaten it. <laughs> have you have you eaten glue? I, I never I never partook. Yeah, I've never eaten have. glue. Yeah, and glue. Yeah. yeah, I never got to. I feel like Just, now I'm at a point where I'm like I'm probably never gonna at this point. Yeah, it's been over-talked now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You've thought about it too much now. by now. <laughs> it's all built up in my head. There's no way it's going to compare. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. To be. Well, and then uh, other substances from there. Uh, one of them is mayonnaise. Oh, what a normal <gasps> thing. And it turns out that mayo has a lot of uses if you are a scientist who is studying nuclear fusion. No. And nuclear fusion, I have I've learned enough about it to know how mayo is involved. But it's, it seems very complicated, right? I, I don't know a ton about it beyond that. That's, you, no. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I unfortunately, I mean, this. I have like the worst food palate on earth. And so I like, I go for mayo. I like. I like it too. I, yeah. I have like mm-hmm. tragically Caucasian and like just, we would put mayo in things just to be like, ah, oh, now it's more wet. Like there, <laughs> now that was a boon. Sometimes I like I, I like mayo. I'm glad it's helping people. Yeah, I like <laughs> and mayo not just too. embarrassing me. <laughs> so how does this? What is nuclear fission? <laughs> oh yeah, what does mayonnaise have to do with this? <laughs> with fusion? Yeah, oh fusion. Fusion. I don't even. To be honest, I don't know what that is. So in general. It's you fuse atoms together and energy is created. And then the way they're trying to do it is combining molten metal with superheated frozen gas. And so you like take pellets of frozen gas, heat it up really fast as much as you can, and at the same time combine it with liquid metal. And then somehow those will fuse and create energy. It sounds, one, very complicated, two, very dangerous. Don't want to do it. Yeah. Okay, yeah, because... 
energy, a lot of energy. Who knows what that means? An explosion possibly sometimes. And apparently most of the time they experiment with it, they end up with some explosions. And so they don't like that because, right. you know, it's dangerous. And so they've found that mayonnaise, or at least in a study in May of 2019 in the journal Physical Review E, they're lettered physical review journals, I guess, but they found, they did a study where they used mayo in place of the molten metal because it's an elastic oh. plastic material that kind of moves a lot of the same ways. And it's at least useful for like testing what metal might do in a nuclear fusion setting. Wow. That's like so, the kind of thing where you're like, I want to know the person who is like, let's try mayonnaise. Like that's, <laughs> yeah. It's a very specific person. It is a very, yeah. Yeah. We live differently. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> and they've got to be ready for like pushback of they're like, are you yeah. serious? Yeah. Like what? <laughs> what? <laughs> and he's like, wait, no, no, no. Seriously. Yeah. Seriously. We got, or she. I, I, I want to yeah. say mayonnaise scientist, a woman. Probably Progressive she, of me? Yeah. I think so. Probably she. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah. yeah. During yeah. lunch, like she, she was eating lunch like by herself and then yeah. she, she looked at her mayo sandwich uh-huh. and then, or like tuna salad. Right. Did, like maybe like something happened, right? That's always how it starts in a movie. Lost in thought, looking at mayo. Yeah, yeah. and like it, she discovers something because she <laughs> dropped a little bit of it, like on the table, mm-hmm. and was like, "Oh, this is it! This is what the perfect re- replacement for a metal." Yeah, Boy, where is that movie? Yeah, well, <laughs> we need that movie. One of us should play her. I think that we you have should, one take. You should play her. I'll be like the one that doesn't believe you, right? <gasps> Oh, and then we become friends over time, we bond over yeah. the mayonnaise experiments. That's the name of the movie. But yeah, mayonnaise, mayonnaise experiments. experiments. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm the one Can that's I... like trying to be voice of reason. No, mayo is strictly food. Like, yeah. Give me a chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. Don't understand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so much more than that. And yeah. Then, yeah. You just have to believe. That's right. Yeah. 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 I'll be I'll be like a side lab assistant doing exposition or something. Yeah, like, well, but we've blown up five people this week. And that's all I do. You, in could the movie. Go, you could go to Otsuka and be like, "Listen, I know it's not my place, but yeah. I think you should give the mayonnaise a chance." <laughs> right, right. Just leave her something to think about. Yeah, and then yeah. I'm well. I have to be the antagonist. Oh you know? yeah, yeah. There, because yeah. I'm the one ch- not trying to save the world, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm so stubborn. I hate being told something news available. I want to do it the old way. I picture I probably die because I go, no, you let's die? stick with metal. Let's stick with metal. And then one day the, there's an explosion and I'm in there. You're killed. Oh, oh my yeah. God. I think it has to be this way. That's yeah. It's every move. Every sh- <laughs> you can right. do the mayonnaise way. Maybe it's, that's what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> the mayonnaise way. It's the like, mayonnaise way. Yeah. It's like Chernobyl. Should have listened to, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now I get the tone. I get it. Yeah, yeah I w- this is this is a disaster movie, not yeah. a comedy. No, absolutely. <laughs> there's also there's another just exciting use of a basic thing here, which is table salt. And I assume any salt, but table salt too. It's being used for skin grafts by uh, certain researchers and experimenters, which is really neat. Yeah. Mm. When did um, that come about? It's studies and trials they've been doing in 2019. And it's the kind of thing where... We, we can do skin grafts already. It's mm-hmm. just that it's very, very expensive. Apparently, to use the standard uh, advanced enzyme called tripazine that cultivates skin, um, it costs about $900 per square inch of skin. No. Uh, per square oh. inch is 900 So that's a lot of money yeah. to do like a significant one. Yeah. But then there is a researcher named Dr. Rauf Ahmed uh, leading a team at the Jinnah Burn and Reconstructive Surgery Center in Lahore, Pakistan. Mm-hmm. And they've found that uh, there is a way to replace that enzyme with salt. And if you do it that way, it costs about $5 per square inch. Oh, my God. To do a skin graft. And oh. suddenly that's affordable. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. incredible. Go I don't salt. even know how that works. Yeah, that's great. I don't, it's how very do you confusing. Do it, yeah. Salt with what? A little flour? I don't know. I have no idea <laughs> where you would even start to graft a face with salt. So yeah. good job. We'll have links in the footnotes for yeah. describing the researchers and stuff because the, the yeah. stories don't totally explain exactly how it works. I think it's very advanced uh, and, and new. For sure. Yeah. Oh, they're just like, you wouldn't get it. 
but <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I know. All I know is that, oh, yeah, well, $5 is way cheaper than 900 Right. You know, right. That's, yeah. how that's my, my take <laughs> Yeah, that's how my brain works. Yeah. Like you get a whole new head for $900 with that <laughs> You can. Yeah. I'm satisfied with that. What a deal. Not, not just get a replacement head. A whole just, head. Oh, finally. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it be a dream? <laughs> All you need is salt, but there's like probably 4,000 other ingredients. Right? Yeah. Yeah, they had, they didn't name. And the stories say that as of September 2019, they had tried graphs with the salt version on 13 people, and all 13 of them had no complications, no issues so far. That's uh, and so cool. you know, it's one trial, one start, but maybe it's going somewhere. Yeah, which is very exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's amazing. It's dark, but the the skin graft experiments are happening in the context of acid attacks in various countries around the world. I uh, see, yeah. There was one in the U.S. in Milwaukee in November of 2019. I saw uh, that. Yeah. yeah. Over a parking spot. No. Uh, for, well, the fight started in a, uh, because oh. of parking, and then, and then it became racial. Yeah. And then, wow. And yeah, we were talking God. about hopeful things. And then, yeah. Here comes Milwaukee. I know, you know? Milwaukee really spoiling it. We were talking about $5 per square inch. Good news, just salt, and then, sorry. I, I took us there, you know. Yeah. Uh, but it's why they're, because also uh, Pakistan is one country where it happens a lot, apparently, and so that's oh. part of why they're studying it in the first place. Oh, okay. God. They figured out this thing. Yeah. yeah. That's great. That's yeah. amazing. So good old salt. Good old grafts. Yeah. <laughs> All good graft. And then we've also, we've got other a few other stories here about just like kind of everyday things you see that are, are much more excitingly designed than I think people realize. Mm. And Asuka, you picked this one out because uh, there are, it might be something everybody knows except me, but I always see those little sidewalk bumps near a lot of curbs or a lot of places people will step off mm-hmm. and just sort of wondered what they are. Yeah. Uh, and it turns out they're very useful for a specific thing. Yeah. Those, uh, when you feel little, little tiny bumps near a crosswalk or something on the sidewalk. That's not just to trip you. That's to <laughs> help the visually impaired yeah. uh, be oh, able that to makes know, sense. hey, you're nearing a lot of traffic. You're nearing where you have to stop yeah. because you're at the end of the sidewalk. So it's like a, it's a warning sign, which is pretty cool. Yeah. That's, uh, I love uh, when yeah. like design elements are like hidden in the, yeah. and then you find out you're like, I'm dumb. Why didn't I figure that out? <laughs> But well, how That's would amazing. you? Because it's just like some, you know, things are decorated all the time. Yeah. And so you're just like, oh, it's like a decoration thing. They they like to have patterns on the sidewalk. I think I thought those bumps were, it's sort of like when you're driving and you start to go a little out of the lane and there's like a rumble strip and you feel it. Mm-hmm. Right. I thought they were for like sighted people to notice the curb <laughs> uh, oh. because I would, you know, mess that up or something. So yeah. they're looking out for me. But it's actually for people who are not sighted. Right. Yeah. For anybody, I guess. I guess you slow down. If you're on rollerblades, too, even. Yeah. Oh, no, there's bumps. You, you're going to, like, slow down. Something's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's so cool. Or maybe it's to get those people on them scooters <laughs> to stop scooting oh, no, around. Oh, start talking about the scooters. <laughs> <laughs> Going on the scooter rant. Maybe it's to teach those <laughs> guys maybe a lesson. Maybe if. <laughs> maybe we don't want you around here. I don't know. You know, but it's probably <laughs> teens and their scooters. They're, my my boyfriend uses the scooters sometimes, and it's really like hard to hard to watch him like that. <laughs> <laughs> he like zoomed up to me the other day. With he's in a rush, and he's just like, "I'm gonna take a scooter. Please don't make fun of me." And <laughs> it's so hard though, because he'll like zoom right up to you with like the zooming. It's such it's, it's a funny. zoom, and it's a very swift stop. And he goes like, yeah. "Pew!" And he's like, "All right." I was like. I can't. I can't look at you. <laughs> Please scoot fifty feet behind me. They do. They go from nothing to fast, pretty it's, fast. It's yeah. really fast. Yeah. Yeah. That's what gets people. Yeah. yeah. But the rumble strips. You have to imagine that that impacts the scooter community as well. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've never tried driving one over those blocks, and they're called uh, Tenji blocks. Was the original name? Uh, they were invented by Seiichi Miyake in 1965 in Japan. Uh, installed in Okayama City in 1967, and then spread out from there. And it's, it's been a whole uh, system that's uh, gone kind of worldwide for not sighted people to get around. That's right. amazing. Yeah. Something about like you'll feel the grooves if it's going the direction that you're going, you're still okay. But then suddenly it'll be like a perpendicular type 
feeling oh, bump. Yeah, like other surface types. Other, that's when you know to start stopping or something. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because there's the one type where it's like, first you feel the bumps. And then if you start feeling grooves that, that are horizontal, it means you're approaching the edge of a subway platform. Right. And I've, yeah. I've seen those in like subway stations in, in New York and elsewhere where there's yeah. like a bunch of grooves right by the edge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's funny. That's probably for me to feel it with my feet in addition to my eyes. But yeah. actually, there's other people in the world. And, I think uh, they, this, <laughs> they this, these that. cool facts about these uh, bumps, they really missed out like in Bird Box. Oh, like, you know, to be like, they could have used this as a plot yeah. point somehow. Yeah. Or like, you know, like, uh, I, you know, just follow the grooves or something, you know, to yeah. <laughs> what a missed opportunity. It was a missed What's opportunity. A missed opportunity. Yeah. We already got two scripts. This is going amazing. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Bird Box 2. I got ideas. Back in the grooves. Netflix. Was it Netflix? It was Netflix. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Anyhow. Websites, websites, get your websites. That is a sales pitch you've never heard on the street because that's not how websites happen. How do they happen? A service like Squarespace, they are simply the best way to launch your passion projects, start a new business, showcase your work, publish content, sell products, and more. Everything happens on the internet nowadays. I may just feel that way because I work for an internet website. You know, there are also stores and stuff. But the main way to do it, the best way to do it, the way to do it worldwide for everyone you know is a website from Squarespace. With beautiful templates created by world-class designers and the ability to customize just about anything with a few clicks, you can easily make a beautiful website for yourself. It's optimized for mobile right out of the box. It has e-commerce functionality to help you sell stuff. It has analytics to help you grow traffic to that website because Squarespace empowers millions of people to turn great ideas into something real. So head to squarespace.com slash cracked for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code cracked to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash cracked. Offer code cracked. There's a couple more. And one of them, this is sort of like the Tenji blocks. It's tactile paving is also what it's called. Uh, But another thing that's just better design than I ever realized. And this is from Five Everyday Things That Have Awesome Secrets Nobody Notices by Psycat Bomek and Andrea Mino. The ordinary tape measure, right? Like one that's Mm -hmm. in a case and you just pull it out, it retracts. It has, uh, the article counts five different features that are just really cool design features that I realized I never use because I'm I'm not very crafty. Interesting. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you guys like do any construction or woodworking or carpentry or anything. No. But I, I think those people know about this stuff. And I didn't I didn't I didn't know. I mean I've used I've used the hook before, the little hook that yeah. so that if you're alone in your life, you don't need a <laughs> you can have the hook. That's always helpful. Yeah. I think uh, I thought that was the whole design feature. Was I it thought has that a was hook. it too. Yeah. Is that okay? Is that, that's not it. What what's the what did you use the hook for? The hook. Well, I would use especially if you're measuring something upwards. Oh, you, you mean to just like to hook it the top? Right, yeah, right, yeah. right, right, yeah. You or don't if you're need just a second measuring. holder or anything. Yeah. Yeah, it, right. it enables the lonely to right. accomplish household tasks. I thought maybe as well. you used it for <laughs> something like helping to put your shoe on or something like another. Oh no! Uh, I wish I wish I were that like. Thrifty. I no, would just go it's barefoot. Not, it's too tiny. It wouldn't yeah. help you with your shoe. <laughs> that was a terrible example. It could I liked. Don't try it on your. It would. You're never gonna get your shoe on with a tape <laughs> tape hook, tape measure hook. <laughs> Someone who's listening can finally stop now. They're like, oh, good. <laughs> okay, I'll try something to else. Hear it. I need to hear it. <laughs> what a relief. <laughs> So that hook, there is that thing where it just, you can hook it around a thing to to measure. But also the hook, I never noticed, most of them have a slot cut into them. It's like a horizontal slot uh, mm. that's in the front of the hook. And it turns out you can use that slot to hook it on a nail. And so oh, instead of needing yeah. to put the hook around an actual like, you know, 90 degree angle on something, mm-hmm. oh. you can put the head of a nail in the hook and then measure out to wherever you want to do the next nail. So especially if you're building or doing carpentry, that's awesome. oh. this one little slot is a whole nother feature to your tape measure. I no love idea. It. Yeah. Yeah. I'll build something someday. <laughs> be yeah. For that knowledge. That's so cool. That is yeah. cool. It's not straight the way that a like when you're using a tape 
not what is it called a tape me- like a fabric tape measure to take measurements are but it has like that curved oh. is that just because I I think that's just because just because yeah. oh. or maybe it rolls up I in the case answers. well yeah I don't know <laughs> the hook of it also has a serrated edge it turns out the bottom of the hook is a little bit like at the bottom of a serrated knife or something mm. and so if you want to do a mark where you want to measure from again you can mm-hmm. just use that to like carve a little line into whatever you're working with So that's another feature. And then also the way that the hook wiggles on the tape means that you can adjust for whether you're doing an inside measurement or an outside measurement, which is an outside measurement is when you hook on something and pull it. Mm -hmm. And inside measurement is when you're like pressing the hook against it. Right. But uh, I always notice the hook kind of wiggles in there. And I always thought, oh, I'm probably getting slightly wrong measurements all the time. Very frustrating. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But actually, uh, you're always getting right measurements, whether you're pressing the tape against something or or pulling. Mm -hmm. Either way. Yeah. People are thinking about this stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then the last one is if it's a tape measure that winds up in one of those metal cases, most of the cases usually have a measurement indicated on them of how long the case is. Uh-huh. So I'm always like bending a tape measure to get it to the end of where I want it to be. Yeah. But you can just measure the tape and then add the length of the case. And then you're oh. all set. I know this is like oh, a lot is... of carpentry stuff, but I yeah. think it's really cool. No, <laughs> this is, Jesus would have known this information. Yeah. He had to use his arm. He had to know how, he probably. How, long, how many Jesus arms? Jesus, how many of my arms? Yeah. Yeah. How, how do you many? do that? Because you're like, yeah. oh, it, every arm is different. But he's like, well, it's three Jesus arms, but it could be like, right. you know, three and three quarters of your arms. So right. You like, had to know. depend on arms. Yeah. When is he coming? Got, you know, coming to tell us all these things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wish we could ask him. There had to be something that was always the same size. Yeah, right. There probably, has to be some sort of probably, yeah. Because that was like the origin of the foot measurement too, right? It was just like one person's foot that they're like, this is a, a foot of note. This uh-huh. is a, yeah. you know, and every foot shall be measured against this foot. I'm pretty sure that that's. That. No, that sounds yeah. right. It was like yeah. royal, a royal foot or something that they're like, yeah, this is, this guy's nasty foot is how we're gonna, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> measure, measure height in children. Because <laughs> I hear that royal foot story, and I always wonder, like, did the king have a lot of time for like constantly? Yeah, sure, you can measure it again. Why not? Right. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> oh, it's you tons need to make more time. models. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Figure, I mean, maybe he was a figurehead king. Maybe he was like a yeah. like a Prince William type, where he's like, oh, I don't actually have any influence, but I'd like to leave my mark. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, he had to. He's not farming. I mean, what a legacy! Picking berries. What a legacy! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's just getting his portrait painted mm-hmm. all day. I picture. Right, you might as well just yeah. have someone, you know, below the portrait. Yeah, measuring, measuring your, your feet. feet. Yeah. Again, sounds a little bit kinky, but also. It's all kinky. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Paint me while you measure me. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Shoot. Yeah. Another another movie. <laughs> so We're killing it. <laughs> yeah. Really well. Oh. <laughs> A kinky king movie. I feel like, it's like these, the are favorite, all, these are all softcore titles. Just, yeah. Yeah, mayo on the way. That was mayo. Oh, oh, the mayonnaise way. Oh, the mayonnaise yeah. way. <laughs> the mayonnaise. I gotta like write them. That's really something to think about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. All right. What's next? Yeah. What else? What else is cool? There's a story here. I guess uh, the rest of the stuff is is a lot of things about like fabrics and and textiles and stuff. Right. And this is one about velveteen fabric. I loved this one. This one was so cool. I like that there's like gender politics to this, to the velveteen example too. So the velveteen story I thought was really cool because it involves a pair of married macrobiologists already I would watch this TV show. Yeah. (laughs) In the 50s is Esther and Joshua Lederberg. Basically, she had this really uh, cool innovation that involved using velveteen fabric as a way to learn how to reproduce like biological populations because it's the 1950s, right? She never gets credit. Her husband, who is, this was not his idea, gets like the Pulitzer Prize for, was it the Pulitzer or what? what, what? Uh, Nobel. Nobel Prize for this innovation that wasn't his idea. The whole, the optics are maybe not so good for Esther, but it was her, it was her innovation. 
but it was it was cool. Like they were faced with like the problem of they need to reproduce these like basically Xerox these bacterial populations, and Esther found out that by uh, using velveteen, you were able, so she would press velveteen onto a plate with bacteria, and the fabric sort of acted as a printing press oh, wow. for the. So she ba- she yeah. like invented a velveteen copy machine. Wow. For, and then uh, and then her husband got to go to a really nice ceremony to take credit for it. Yeah, they gave the the 1958 Nobel Prize for Physiology and Medicine to her husband and two other guys, and then she was just at the dinner watching. That's oh, because they're married, so she came. I want yeah that movie too. Yeah, are they? So when did it come out? That finally is it after they died. They finally read a diary. God, it always happens that way. (laughs) (laughs) Where they find notes and they're like, oh, she's the one that she passed away in 2006. This says so. So she did get credit in life, and she she had a much harder path to being in like the faculty of universities. But but she got some credit later, but not that prize. Uh, which is too bad. I know. And then you're, nice. you're like, in the 50s, who would have been the person that would have been around velveteen more often? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. the person who was forced to do all the domestic tasks. It only, I just, I would I would have gotten on stage and been like, do you really think these three guys are hanging out around velveteen all the time? Use your brains. Okay, so that said. I did it. I have to ask. I don't know what velveteen is, but it did sound domestic. So I was yeah. on, I was with, there with you. Oh, it's like a I, soft fabric. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. For clothes usually. Or from, yeah, but I I've never used it. But from googling, I'm told it's it's a fabric made out of cotton, but it sort of piles up like velvet, like it's very rich oh, and thick. Yes, yeah, very soft. There's so that's why it's called that. Did you yeah. ever read that story when you were little, the Velveteen Rabbit? Yeah, it was, and that's the other touchstone of it. Yeah, yeah, it was like big moment for Velveteen. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. no, I because it it was ingrained into like children's brains, and it has a soft spot for a lot of these. Mm-hmm. A lot of, for you, it sounds like too. And then it turns out that you could use the velveteen rabbit to copy bacterial populations, and that that's this an exciting, yeah. Maybe yeah. the story would be less sad. But be careful if, who you tell it to, especially if it's your husband, because mm-hmm. <laughs> if you like, interesting, anyway, going to work. <laughs> Ooh, honey, that's awesome. Thank you. Can I just take that? I'm going to take it with me to work. Hey, we're going to a dinner tonight. <laughs> Do you want to come watch me win an award? What if you didn't tell her? With my good friend Bill, huh? Yeah. So me and Bill and Joe were looking at Velveteen the other day. You're like, you guys, you're liars. (laughs) Liars! But I thought that was a cool story. And they still kind of like use that like technology. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. In the footnotes, people can see a video of uh, it being demonstrated by someone. Because it's such an inexpensive way to basically take a Petri dish, copy paste it into another Petri dish. Mm -hmm. People still do it. It it costs very little. Yeah. That's so cool. Wow. That's amazing. They use it in molecular biology, microbiology, and uh, genetic engineering. It has applications to all that. So she invented like a lot of today's science. It's really exciting. And yeah. like a really affordable and like smart way. That's so cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a really funny concept you brought up of like the men on stage trying to be like, yes, we're always using fabrics in the 1950s. <laughs> the 1950s. As, a, as like... an American 1950s man, I <laughs> Uh, I know what a is lot it? about fabrics. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, all right. Sir, <laughs> calling your bluff. <laughs> yeah. Name three fabrics. <laughs> oh, velveteen. Uh, uh, and, and, and. Nope. Vel- yeah. Velveton. Um. <laughs> Revoke his prize. <laughs> And then uh, the other uh, another story we've got here with fabrics and stuff is all about knitting and crocheting that people are doing right now to demonstrate extremely complicated mathematical shapes mm-hmm. and oh. concepts, which is neat. Uh, yeah. It turns out that's the best way to do it. And mainly ladies and also a few men have been the ones to discover that that's the way to do it. Wow. So they, are they making like as like a visual explainer of how something works, like a tactile example? Yeah. That's so cool. 
and a little bit to make a model of it also to to figure out just new elements of it and and understand these it turns out in advanced math there's a lot of like shapes that people have come up with as a theory that don't totally exist oh. that are like <laughs> mostly an idea but it wouldn't really like happen in life math heads. Uh, okay and wow. knitting is the best way to like build one as much as you can interesting yeah, yeah. That makes sense. That does make sense, yeah. yeah. And the picture, the visuals for that are really cool, too. And this is the most visual thing in the show, so when they put notes, you can go see it. You gotta um, see it. The most recent exciting one is uh, in the late 1990s, there's a Cornell math professor named Dana Taimina. And for over a century, people have been trying to model a hyperbolic plane. And mm -hmm. a hyperbolic plane is a surface where space curves away from itself at every point. That's mm -hmm. very confusing. It's, it looks beautiful. Yeah, and we've yeah. we've got a picture here, and it's a thing where just every oh, wow. part of a shape is moving away from itself. Mm -hmm. And for over a century, mathematicians had been wondering, like, is there something in nature that looks like this, or can we, like, build it out of paper or something? And they didn't have a good way to do it. And then she figured out a way to crochet it uh, using an algorithm. And now we have wow, models of them. Amazing. It took over a century That's and she amazing. figured it out. This looks like, yeah, it's it's beautiful. It also look, kind of looks like my aunt's pottery. Yeah. <laughs> so little on Etsy. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, this is Etsy math. I yeah. like it. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it does feel like Etsy math. It's mm -hmm. very exciting. Yeah. It's a good it's a good team up. It's about time Etsy started doing math. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was always too easy. It's always just things glued to other things. Yeah. I wasn't fooled. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about you guys, but I remember being in school and like you're doing it's some kind of geometry class. And so you're doing weird little models of stuff to mm -hmm. prove that you understand it or understand it better. Mm -hmm. And it seems like this is the highly advanced version, uh, which is neat. But it's it's a version where it's like this shape doesn't exist unless I knit it. You know, very cool. Right. So cool. And then other shapes they do it with. The oldest ones were in the late 1800s. A Scottish chemistry professor named Alexander Crumb Brown modeled Klein bottles. And Klein bottles are an infinitely thin mathematical surface that's formed so the inside is contiguous with the outside. I know that all sounds like jargon and doesn't make any sense. <laughs> uh, but it's it's a very, it's sort of a strange bottle where the top of it is also the bottom of it. And oh. they can knit it, which is neat. Whoa. Yeah. Love it. Smart people. Uh, they also do it with Mobius strips, which are a, it's a mathematical surface that only has one side. And uh, there's, there's all kinds of other shapes where people are getting together at these mathematician conferences and trading knitting and crochet patterns that are the ways to uh, make these crazy shapes. My grandma was a quilter and she got really good at math just mm. because of like, and I, it's not something I always would think about of like, oh, I guess you would have to be extremely like be able to visualize a lot of geometric stuff and like be able to sort of do the math of it in your head. And yeah, right. craft, crafty people, they know their math. Do yeah. not underestimate them. Yeah, that's yeah. very true. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like it's all making sequences, right? Like it's yeah. just stitch, 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 stitch. And, you, and uh, we've also got one mathematician here who claims that well, they don't claim it's true, but they say that knitting is coding and yarn is programmable. That's Dr. Elizabetta Matsumoto, Whoa. who does a lot of this stuff. That's, that's so a really cool, cool idea. Like that's yarn so is programming. Cool. It's ones and zeros, but with uh, strings. You yeah, know? that's amazing. Did she drop the mic after she said that? <laughs> she said, it makes you think, <laughs> doesn't it? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, okay, she, that was an F you to Silicon Valley. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a programmer, too. Love it. Yeah. If I was a person and I came up with one of these things, that would probably be the way to share it, right? Like if, if you're the person who figured out mayo is is nuclear fusion metal, mm -hmm. it'd be mm -hmm. like, boom, and you just drop the mayo or something. You drop, gotta drop be cool a jar. <laughs> <laughs> Only if it was a glass jar and mayo would go guaranteed everywhere. Uh, yeah. like, Deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would, right? Uh, what do you or else what do you do? Your coworkers take you out for a cake or something <laughs> you gotta like have something to no, celebrate need a big cathartic moment yeah. yeah throw something earned it 
Yeah, yeah you earned it. <laughs> Freaking <Love> earned it. it. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I always picture scientists celebrating over like a slice of cake? Is that crazy? <laughs> no, I always I think can't. it's like That's a cool. frosted. Yeah, like with the frosting. I on like it. that. I, I like never thought of cake. I don't know if I've ever thought about scientists celebrating before. That's depressing. They have to celebrate. They have plenty of stuff to celebrate. They do a lot of big, great things. They save the world. My cousin does some. It does. I couldn't tell you what she does. Science related things. Uh huh. And uh, she and her science friends get so drunk. Oh, it's... they do. Okay, they do go out. That's good. That's yeah. good. They came, They all came to a show. Of my, they, I went to like, <laughs> I did shows near where she lives. And she's like, I'm going to bring some people from work. I'm like, God, oh, it's going to be all these boring biologists. <laughs> and they were so, I was like, who are these people? They were and She's out, like, they yeah. have doctorates. I'm like, oh my God. It was <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, yeah. I mean, they also have like plans. They're like, tonight we party. Like we, we yes. tonight is the night we go out. We haven't, we don't do this all the time. Once every two and a half weeks or Nothing something. Nothing is like, it's unchill in the best way where it's like, okay, the goal of the night is it's, to get as drunk as possible yeah. and scream. And, <laughs> yes, exactly. And then, and then they're, they're very efficient and they follow through every yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. They plan ahead. No matter how scientists. scary it is. Because yeah. they have doctorates. Yeah. It's good to remember that scientists are people too. They're, they're like us. And maybe that's also how they find some of this stuff. Because like some of these totally. I'm like, oh, that that's wacky enough that maybe I would think of it. Because mm-hmm. I'm I'm foolish. But like they're they're also people. So they're foolish too. Yeah. yeah. They're like, I was just staring at mayonnaise today. And I had a, like, and you're just like, what? Why? Yeah. Because yeah. They're people. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Folks, that's the episode for this week. My thanks to Jamie Loftus and Atsuko Okatsuka for getting very designy and sciencey with me today. There were a lot of science stories in there. And thank you for running with all kinds of amazing advanced concepts uh, that are worth knowing about. And I think it's worth knowing that something like, oh, I don't know, super glue or mayo, the glue of food, is uh, useful for that kind of thing. In our food notes, you will find multiple fantastic cracked articles that supported this topic today. Special thanks there to Psycat Bomick, Andrea Mino, Kelly Stone, and Scott Santons. Also, I highly recommend the many footnotes we have in this show about knitting and crocheting mathematical concepts, a Mobius strip, a Klein bottle, other things that are very hard to hold in your mind are relatively easy to knit if you know what you're doing. It's amazing. And of all the stories we had today, that one story is highly visual. Uh, And so that's one to go look at if you have the time and the opportunity. Keep driving or or whatever uh, thing you need your eyes for if you're doing that. But then when you're done, check out some Klein bottles. And of course, also check out the food notes to see more things from Jamie Loftus and Atsuko Okatsuka. Again, Jamie's show, Boss Who Ms. Girl, uh, had a hit run at the Edinburgh Fringe and elsewhere. Uh, and also her podcast, The Bechtel Cast, is available everywhere. And there will be live dates for those things linked in the food notes. And then Atsuko Okatsuka does stand-up all over. Jamie does too. And uh, Atsuko's podcast, Let's Go Atsuko, is available anywhere you hear shows and does some live shows. We will have links about that kind of information as well. But enough of me saying the word links. Our theme music is Chicago Falcon by the Budos Band. This episode was engineered by Jordan Duffy and edited by Chris Souza. If you love this episode, that's great. If you hated it, let me know about it on social media. That's right, social media. A space where I love seeing objects do amazing things. Uh, we'll have a couple fun extra examples of that in the food notes. One of them is a YouTube channel where people put objects like cans of beefaroni in the path of lava flows uh, just to see what will happen. Spoiler, they blow up. Uh, the other is a channel called Miss Yeah, where a lady known as Miss Yeah uh, does like incredible elaborate cooking of platters and feasts and things using everyday items in an office. It's very, very fun and uh, a real experience. So we've got that link too. I recommend it. You know what else I recommend? My Twitter account, at Alex Schmitty. That's where you can follow me. You can also follow me on Instagram, at Alex Schmitztagram. And I'm on the wider internet at my website, alexschmitty.com. That's got my show dates, my fun email newsletter of free internet stuff tips, and so much more. And I'm here to say we will be back next week with more Cracked Podcast. So how about that? Talk to you then.